friends, welcome to this edition of We Need God, a podcast by Father Andrew Carroza, a priest of the Archdiocese of New York and pastor of St. Anne's Parish in Yonkers, New York. We Need God will address why we need God in our lives, how to know who He truly is, and how to follow Him with an authentic faith that will change our lives. It is especially directed towards young adults to help them wade through the many confusing opinions of modern religion that affect them. Please relax now and join Father Carroza for this episode. In our last episode, we addressed the question why we need God, and we mentioned that our world is in a pretty sorry state, and it seems that the more we try to eliminate God from our lives, the worse things get. And so, I feel it is necessary for us to admit that we need God. We cannot make the world work on our own efforts and by our own minds, but we need God to lead us, to show us how to make the world the place we intend it to be. In this episode, I would like to discuss, before we even can get to following God, how do we even know that God exists? Suppose somebody is deceiving us and that we're wrong in believing he exists. Well, then we'd be turning to somebody who's not going to be there to help us at all. So can we prove that God exists? The first question I want to ask with that is, what benefit is there in not believing that God exists? How does that help us at all? Some people certainly would prefer that God not exist so that they're free of having to follow religious beliefs and laws and anything like that, that they somehow think oppress them and get them down. But even if God didn't exist, that wouldn't mean we would be totally free of any laws. There are civil laws and natural laws that we have to abide by. So no matter what we do, whether God exists or not, we're still going to be under the burden of laws, which quite frankly I don't see as a burden. I see them as a relief because they are God helping us be the best we can be, just like when they give you a manual when you buy a car the car manual that tells you you must keep the tires at a certain pressure, you must change the oil at a certain time, use this type of gas and everything. Those are not written by the car manufacturer to burden us or to restrict us, but precisely to make sure that the car works for us the way it's meant to work. And I see God's laws the same way. Certainly, in my mind, there is no doubt that it is far better for us if God does exist because if he doesn't exist, we're on our own, and there's no one out there who can help us. So can we prove he exists? Well, again, some people say no, and they reject it simply because you can't prove God scientifically. They see science as the answer to everything, and since there's no way to physically prove under a microscope, for example, or by any experiments that God exists, therefore he can't exist. I find that a very flawed argument because science is never meant to be the sum total of all truth about all existence. There are many other disciplines that give us truths. Philosophy, literature, many other things will bring us truths that we can't look at under a microscope. For example, how do you look at happiness under a microscope, or hope, or joy? How do you scientifically prove the existence of happiness? Well, we can't do that. 
So does that mean that happiness doesn't exist and we'll never find it because we can't see it scientifically? Same thing with God. God is all existence, all essence, all being, all beauty, all truth. We can't find God by looking at him under a microscope. He was never meant to be that way for us. So we have to turn to other means to understand and prove the existence of God. Other people would even use evolution or the Big Bang theory to prove that God doesn't exist. And the only thing I can say to them is that for us as Catholics, we have no problem with that. Let's say evolution is absolutely true the way the theory says. And first of all, I think a lot of people forget that evolution is just a theory. What a lot of people refer to as evolution is really adaptation. Birds getting longer beaks to reach into flowers, giraffes getting longer necks, things of that nature. Those are adaptations within a species. But evolution, purely speaking, means one species turning into another species. And there is no evidence of that whatsoever. That's what we often refer to as looking for the missing link. It's just not there. Yet, unfortunately, many people just accept evolution as an established fact. But nevertheless, let's imagine it is true and someday we find all those links. Does that mean that God doesn't exist because it contradicts the stories of creation in Genesis? Well, of course not. The Bible was never meant to be a history book or a science text telling us exactly how things happened. They are religious texts that tell us about our relationship with God and how God created us, how he willed us into existence, what he wants us to be, not the specifics of the history or the science of it all. The only people who do that are religious fundamentalists, born-again Christians, who believe that the Bible is a science book or a history book, and they have a hard problem with evolution or anything like that. But it's not our Catholic position. So why do people use a position that is not our Catholic position against us as Catholics to try to prove that we're wrong when we've never held that position in the first place. We don't believe that the stories in Genesis are literal scientific historical accounts. They are religious stories that teach us about God's relationship with us. And secondly, the Big Bang Theory. A lot of times people like to use the Big Bang Theory against us and say, you see how wrong you Catholics are because, after all, look at the Big Bang. And it's getting a lot more credibility as years go on. In fact, it seems to be the majority of people are beginning to accept the Big Bang Theory. But once again, the Big Bang Theory does not disprove the existence of God. In fact, I bet most people don't realize who was the author of the Big Bang Theory a man by the name of Georges Lemaitre. He was a Catholic priest from Belgium. A Catholic priest came, first came up with the idea of what's now called the Big Bang Theory. And people used that title, the Big Bang Theory, to mock him when they said, oh, that's crazy. And now somehow the theory that he invented has become known by the very title that was used to mock him and try to use by people to claim it's proof that God doesn't exist, that the Big Bang explains everything. Well, the Big Bang doesn't get God out of the story. Or we would say, even if the Big Bang Theory is 100% true, you've just discovered how God created. But we haven't gotten rid of God at all. Again, only religious fundamentalists would have trouble with that. Not us as Catholics. In fact, 
it was a Catholic priest, again, who came up first with the idea of the Big Bang Theory. I like to think of it this way, why that argument does not hold that the Big Bang Theory disproves God. Let's imagine you meet somebody who lives in the depths of the Amazon, in places that have never encountered anybody in Western civilization before. And they're very friendly people. You encounter them, and you bring them home to live with you. And they're fascinated by all the things in our world. And it's your birthday, and you have a chocolate cake, and you give them a piece of cake. And the person eats it and says, wow, this is fantastic. I love the taste of this. And he's smart, and he says, let me try to figure out how this thing was created. So he does experiments and says, I figured it out. A whole bunch of different ingredients, including sugar and flour and wheat and eggs and oil and all sorts of other stuff, the chocolate and everything, all got mixed together and was heated for about 30 to 40 minutes at 350 degrees Fahrenheit. And then when it cooled off, this other sugary thing got put on top of it. Is he right? Absolutely. I have therefore come to prove definitively, definitively that there is no such thing as a baker. Does that make any sense? Figuring out how something was made does not for a moment eliminate the possibility that somebody made it. In fact, if anything, it only strengthens the idea that something that had all that complexity to it must have had someone to make it. And that brings us to some of the logical questions, or answers, shall we say, to how we can prove that God exists. Our greatest source of that was, of course, St. Thomas Aquinas. St. Thomas Aquinas gave us five classic uh, explanations for the existence of God. We won't discuss all of them here, and I'll mention them just briefly. But one of them being the uncaused cause. Nothing can create itself. There's no way a thing can bring itself into existence. Just logically, if nothing can bring itself into existence, the universe can't bring itself into existence. It needed something to create it, something itself that logically was not created by anything else. Very similar to that is the argument about the prime mover, that everything was created by something before it. For example, you take an oak tree. Where did that oak tree come from? Well, it came from an acorn. Where did that acorn come from? Well, it came from an oak tree before it. And where did that oak tree come from? From an acorn, and then an oak tree, and then an acorn, and an oak tree. Can we go back infinitely in time saying acorns produced oak trees and oak trees came from acorns and go back infinitely in time? Just logic tells us somewhere there had to be a first acorn or a first tree that was not created before it. Or some force, something that created everything that exists, but itself was not created. And that, of course, by definition, is God. And a lot of people would use the Big Bang Theory, again, to say that was the force that created everything. Well, the question we can ask then is, who banged the bang? Who started those swirling gases exploding? If that process happened, obviously something had to begin it that itself was not begun by anything else. The prime mover. That, by definition, is God. Also looking at the order in the universe. How complex our world is. Do you realize if something changes even slightly in the order of the universe, we can have catastrophic effects? Are not people looking at global warming? And so many people are taking different sides on the issue, worrying about the seriousness that if our 
climate should increase by just a few degrees, then cities such as New York and other places are going to be underwater, and it's become a big hot topic these days. Well, the fact that there is order, by logic, means there was an orderer, one who put it all together. The other argument similar to that is the teleological argument, the argument that things have a purpose in the world. They're there to do something. And when something has a purpose, obviously, somebody had to set it on that purpose. And if we want proof of that, you know, some people who claim that there was nobody guiding the world, that it just happened, just by you know, the Big Bang Theory started without God behind it or anything like that, and things just naturally eventually worked out the way they are. Well, let's look at something as complex as the human body. You could take any organ. Look at just the pancreas, the purpose of the pancreas alone, to help in digestion and give us enzymes and especially insulin and other things to control our blood sugar. Do we really think that just somehow naturally evolved that a body by itself could come and exist and create for itself a pancreas that can control blood sugar and then in reproduction they could pass that off somewhere in the genetic code to the next one to be able to do it? That this is going to happen just naturally without anyone guiding it? No way. There's no way you can look at a human body and say, you know, this is just happened naturally uh, amino acids got together and eventually little by little we got this human being let alone even speaking about the brain and all the things our brain does and that very first amino acid that became life if you buy that argument would have had to have had the ability to reproduce itself with everything it had already learned and evolved into and everything after that would have had to have all of the different elements that it just picked up and acquired and be able to pass it down does that make any sense i have a religious comic that i've sometimes put in our bulletin in wintertime that has two snowmen talking and one is saying to the other don't be absurd no one made us we evolved by chance from snowflakes now a snow f a snowman is not a very complex being it's got snow and maybe two pieces of coal and a carrot and perhaps a scarf around its neck but if you saw a snowman somewhere out on a lawn what would be the first thing you'd ask who made that snowman if somebody told you, no, that snowman just happened by all snowflakes coming together to make this snowman and nobody formed it, would you accept it? Would you say, oh, that makes sense? You'd say, come on, that's crazy. Snow just doesn't get together and make a snowman. An inanimate thing without any thought process. It just doesn't happen. Well, by what logic then do we think that the complex human being that each and every one of us is happened without any conscious thought guiding us into this being, that we were just the result of inanimate amino acids that somehow got together and made this complex being? Quite frankly, it takes a lot more faith to believe in that than to believe that there's a God who created us. Ultimately, it does take a leap of faith to believe in God. We could never prove it in a court of law, for example, that everybody would definitively have to say, yes, God truly exists. It does take that leap of faith, but there is plenty of evidence there to support our belief in God. That makes it worth our while to take that leap of faith and follow and believe in him. Ultimately, without God, if the Big Bang alone 
existed and nobody guided it and there was no God, then what does that say about me today? Well, you and I today are then just cosmic dust left over. Several billion years ago, however old they discover the universe is, gases exploded and one thing formed another and eventually it led to my brief existence on this planet and you just came to be and we're here for a little while and then we'll pass out of existence with no meaning whatsoever. We're just cosmic dust left over from the Big Bang. But with God, each and every one of us is here at this moment in time because God has willed us into creation. That is our Catholic belief. And that we are here right now because God wants us to be here right now. I remember many years ago giving a teen retreat. A 16-year-old boy came in to see me and told me something that totally broke my heart. He told me that his mother had once told him he was a mistake or an accident. She wasn't supposed to be able to conceive when he came along, but there he was. And he said to me, I could totally accept the fact that my parents didn't pl uh, plan to conceive me. But he says, at no time in my life have my parents ever made me feel like I was anything other than an accident to them. It broke my heart to hear a 16-year-old say that. Now, I'd never met this boy before. I didn't know his parents. I was hoping very much that his parents did love him and they just were not showing it, the communication gap. The way he was looking for it was not the way they were showing it and vice versa. But I remember I told him this. I said, even if what you're telling me is absolutely true, that your parents don't love you, never wanted you here, you were an accident to them, you are not an accident to God. No one is here on this earth by accident when it comes to God. He has willed you into existence. And even if you know identical twins, sometimes we meet people that we just can't tell them apart by looking at them. But their parents will tell you they have very different personalities. I know several sets of, of identical twins. I have to find little ways to figure out one from the other. But when you really get to know them, you see how unique they are. You may look just like your mother or your father or act just like them, for better or for worse. You, if you get married and have children, your children may look like you, they may act like you, but they won't be you. They will be molded and shaped by the circumstances and the situations in which they grow up. You are the only person just like you God has ever created, and he will never create anyone like you again. And each and every one of us, according to our Catholic belief, is created in the image and likeness of God. That means God has a way of showing the world, uh, showing himself to the world through you that he has never done before. You are a unique manifestation of the face of God. And you have a way of showing him to the world that only you can do. You are that unique gift from God that you are the face of God to all of us in your unique way. So which is better? Which gives you more dignity? Cosmic dust left over from the Big Bang? Or somebody loved and uniquely willed into existence by God who has created me to show him to the world in a way that only I can do? That indeed brings us the value that we have, that God loves us and not only loves us enough to create us, but even to redeem us when we were fallen in sin.
I'll never forget the first time I was in the Holy Land. Uh, we were in the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus had his agony in the garden and where he was arrested. And one of the priests who was with us told me something that blew me away. He said that the Pontifical Biblical Commission, which is a committee that meets in the Vatican, had recently confirmed that Jesus, the night before he died, saw in his mind the face of every single person he was going to redeem the next day on the cross. That blew me away. I don't know how the church confirmed that, but that they had done that. In other words, Jesus, 2,000 years ago, in the very same place where I was, saw my face and said, and I'm dying tomorrow on the cross so that one day Father Carosa can be freed from his sins and enter into the glory of my kingdom. What our born-again Christian friends often talk about that was our Catholic concept first and somehow we let go of, of talking about that personal relationship with Jesus, of him being our personal Savior. Not that he saves us outside of a community, but that the Lord cares about each and every one of us uniquely, that if you were the only person he had ever created and you had sinned, he would have died to save even you. I liken it to, when uh, being a New York Yankees fan, when Derek Jeter gave his farewell address before he retired. And he spoke to all the fans in the packed Yankee Stadium. And he talked about everything he loved, and especially the fans of the Yankees. Yankee fans, you're the most wonderful thing. I love all of you. And I'm sure he meant that very much. But Derek Jeter didn't know the name of every fan sitting in Yankee Stadium. But Jesus does. Jesus knows and saw in his mind the night before he died the face of every single person he was going to redeem the next day. In other words, he saw your face. Let that sink in for a moment, that Jesus saw your face the night before he died. And insert your name in there. And I am dying tomorrow so that blank, whatever your name is, may be freed from his or her sins and enter my kingdom. And if you were the only person the Lord had ever created, he would have died just for you. That blew me away. And I hope it gives you a sense of understanding that God don't make no junk. God cares about each and every one of his children. You are a unique gift. He has willed you into existence. He loves you and wants to show the world, himself to the world through you in a way he has never done before. Does that fill you with a sense of value, of self-respect? That's why I believe believing in God and finding him as he is, is so worth the effort. It's worth the time. Because without God, I'm cosmic dust. But with God, I am a unique child, loved and redeemed by him. I pray that you will be able to accept that and understand the tremendous love that God has for each and every one of us and uniquely for you. Does God exist? I certainly hope so. Because if he doesn't, I'm just cosmic dust. But if he does, I'm a loved and redeemed child of the Almighty. And may God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please pass the word on to your friends and invite them to listen. For more materials from Father Carosa, please visit www.fathercarosa.com.